we got the blue ones because otherwise we'd have to wait longer for them. Because these were back ordered as well, but I got it finally today. The real blue, or really blue, I think it's called. Cool. All right, is it really blue? It's really blue. Now, are we talking like extremely blue or like actually blue? Because that could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to Wayward Fans, a supernatural podcast. I'm Shannon. And I'm Leanna. And today we're talking about On the Head of a Pin, and it's a terrible life. 16th and 17th episode of season three. Four. Four. <laughs> Not three. No. We Four. finished three a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, On the Head of a Pin is directed by Mike role and written by ben edland nice thanks you did it um so (coughs) i'm gonna have a lot to say about this episode just putting that up there right now this is a crazy episode and i love it that's a big surprise um what that i'm gonna talk too much is that what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) but an angel episode um but it's not just an angel episode (laughs) this episode is crazy and i just i mean i had such a hard time taking notes while watching this because I kept pausing it like every 30 seconds yeah. like to write something down. I'll, okay. And finally, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I can't <laughs> have something to say about every single thing that's said in the episode. So I made myself um, tone that down a bit. But yeah. I was doing the same thing. It took me almost an hour and a half to yeah. watch this episode. <laughs> yeah. I was like right around two hours of watching and taking notes. And yeah, it's a great episode. Um, it really is. They... um. Sorry. Shannon's Uh, texting, if you guys are wondering. They, I have. (laughs) Just finish your text, please. No, I was clearing out of it so that I can see my notes. Oh, okay. So the title, um, they say, refers to the medieval question of how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. Just wanted to. Oh, I was wondering about that. To point that out while we're still near the title. Okay. Okay. Good call. Okay. So we open on a scene where we have um, just like a bunch of wrecked cars with all the car alarms going off. And uh, we see Castiel walking through them and he lifts up his hand and stops all the alarms. And uh, he approaches a woman who is lying dead in the street. And he bends over and he moves her dress collar and he sees a big bloody wound at the top of her chest. And he whispers, goodbye, sister. And then the police cars start to show up and Castiel disappears. And uh, we pull away from the shot, like from a top-down shot, and uh, we see a sweep of a police helicopter spotlight. And with that, we can see um, angel's wings burned into the asphalt on either side of this dead woman. Pretty crazy. That was like the shortest intro I think they've ever done. It's up there. (laughs) One of. of. Um, Also, this is the... um, First death of an angel on the show. It is. Um, Did you have anything else to say in that? Or are we going to move? No, we can go. Okay, so Sam wants um, to use Ruby to get to Lilith. Uh, He Uh, and Dean are in the Impala. Sam's driving. Right. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That's new. Uh Um, So Sam wants to use Ruby to get to Lilith. Dean just doesn't want to work with her. He's still not about that life. 
And, uh, but they don't really argue about it. It's just kind of like just quick banter. Yeah. Dean's just more like, do whatever you want. He's like, yeah, Ruby, no Ruby. He's just mad because people keep dying. Well, not mad. I don't think that's the right word. Yeah. Upset. Exactly. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, are you talking more about their conversation? Are you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because, um, Dean's just kind of like, do whatever you want. He's very apathetic, which apathy is something that drives me insane. Like, it's one of my biggest, like, I want to hit people when they're just (laughs) sitting there being apathetic. Like, you can't be like that. But Sam kind of calls him out on it. He's like, or maybe you could just stop moping and start caring about shit again. Right. Um, Which I was like, thank you, Sam. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Doesn't Dean say that he, because he was upset because Pam died? Yeah. Or. I think what he says, um. Is that he's tired of he's tired of burying their friends, right? Right, is what he says. And Sam's like, "Yeah, it sucks, but let's see a little bit of emotion from you, you know? Like, <laughs> let's see some like, I don't know, passion or something, Dean, because this whole life sucks attitude is getting pretty old." So they show up to the motel, and Cass and Uriel are waiting there for them. Dean is not happy to see them at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but did you notice that the subtitles spelt it C-A-S-S? Yeah, I have that in my notes, actually, which is funny. I laughed pretty hard when I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I was all, huh. Yes, the Look subtitles spell Cass with two S's. For those who don't know, there was a very big eruption on Twitter about a month ago when Misha made a tweet about Cass, and he spelled it C-A-S-S where most of the internet spells it C-A-S. And I mean, it was just enormous. And right. there's been a big controversy about it ever since. So. Well, it was already a thing well before Cass or Misha posted anything. What started the whole thing is that he was live tweeting during the show and he said Cass, blah, 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 something about Cass. And everybody's right. like, uh, no, Misha, it's spelled C-A-S. Okay. But then you know how the internet goes, and especially Twitter, people started getting way out of hand about the whole right. thing. Okay, so that must happen. Then the tweet that I yes. saw where he was like, look, this is how it's spelled. It's in right. the script. Right. <laughs> and then he did the live stream where he's Which like, all right. like my favorite piece of internet trolling <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. But anyway. So, if you guys are wondering, the proper spelling now is C-A dollar sign. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's even creation stands. Somebody made a shirt that says it's spelled Cass with one S. Right. So, I mean, I have even, a mug that even says, they're promoting it. <laughs> I have a mug that says it's Misha. Cass, C-A-S, not Cass, C-A-S-S. Mm-hmm. Which I think is hilarious. So. Sorry. The subtitles Total use two S's. <laughs> subtitles spell it C-A-S-S. Okay. Anyway, so Dean gets to the motel and Cass and Uriel are there. Dean yells at them for a little bit, basically, about Pamela. Like, oh, you remember her? You remember her, Cass? You right. burned her eyes out. Remember her? She's the one that helped you guys, you know, not have a seal broken. And Uriel just doesn't give a shit, like, at all. Cass does seem upset, but he kind of gets shut down by Uriel, and he yeah. is just following orders, I guess. That was really, I was, like, kind of taken aback when I first saw this, and Uriel, like, kind of told Cass to shut up. Right. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, like, like shit, what happened? Shit's gone down. Yeah. And I don't like it. So Uriel tells him that seven angels have been murdered, the last one being tonight. 
And I love the way Dean says, how they doing it? <laughs> like he is <laughs> implying that he would love to kill Yuri right there. <laughs> um, I was pretty surprised when they said that already seven angels right. had been killed. I was like, holy shit. I mean, angels have got to be pretty fucking hard to kill. Exactly. You know? right? <laughs> so the fact that seven were already killed is just... Something's not yeah, right. That's pretty crazy. Sam asks if it's demons, and they don't know. Because <laughs> Dean tells them, so you need our help hunting a demon. <laughs> right. Which and that's when they're hilarious. like, we just, we don't know. <laughs> so Sam thinks it might be out of their league, a demon with enough juice to kill an angel. Uriel isn't happy about that, saying, we can handle demons, thank you very much. They tell, that's when they, you know, kind of drop the, bl- the bomb that they have Alistair and they actually want Dean to torture him to find out who's doing it. Yeah. Which you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. What in the fuck? Yeah. That's pretty So Dean says upset. to Cass, you can't make me do this, not this. And Uriel says that they're not asking. And yeah. then they disappear. And then they disappear and Sam's left in the hotel room. Yes. All by himself. Very angry. Very angry. Totally justified. I I would be pretty upset. So Dean is brought to where they have Alistair tied up. And he's in like this epic devil's cross yeah, trap thing. Yeah, I, I really like that they had him strung up to the Star of David. Right. Because that's, that's like Old Testament right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, really, it was really cool like cinematography, that whole like setup. Yeah. I just really liked how yeah. they had that. They had it was a really cool devil's trap, very like like something we'd never seen and you can tell just by looking at right. it like this is some crazy old shit. Like, like this is something you would think an angel would do. Like, exactly. This makes sense. <laughs> yeah. This makes sense to me right now. So Dean tries to leave saying he can't and that he's surprised that Cass would even ask. Um and Cass tells him he knows it's too much to ask, but he's all that they have right now. So Dean tells Uriel at this point that he wants to talk to Cass alone. And Uriel says he'll go seek revelations as they might have some further orders. Dean tells him to grab some donuts. (laughs) I was like, really, Dean? That's the best we can do. I do want to point out that Uriel does the thing again where he teleports right in front of Dean when he's trying to leave. Uh Uh-huh. I wish we saw that more. I think that's really cool. Yeah. If I was an angel, I'd do that shit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Which brings us to one of my favorite lines. Dean turns to Cass and says, you guys don't walk enough. You're going to get flabby. And Cass just <laughs> looks at him and Dean says, you know, I'm starting to think Junkless has a better sense of humor than Chuckles. you do. Junkless. It's Junkless? Yes. Seriously? That, yes. That's what Dean has Chuckles. been calling him. I thought it was Chuckles. No. Because oh. remember he's talking about how angels oh, don't have any junk? Oh, yeah. yeah. Junkless. <laughs> he's been calling him that for a while. like a 12-year-old. <laughs> Anyways. And then Dean, Cass says my favorite line, which is... <laughs> Uriel's the funniest angel in the garrison. Ask, Ask anyone. anyone. <laughs> and just the look on his straight, face. serious face. Just like total, like, poker face. Like, no emotion. <laughs> Uriel's the, an- the funniest angel in the garrison. Ask anyone. Like, And then Dean's face. <laughs> just, I died laughing. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Really? Oh, Cass, you're so cute. 
So Dean wants to know how Uriel has leashed Cass, and Cash tell, says that his superiors think that he's getting too close to the humans, and his judgment may be getting clouded with doubt. So Dean tells Cass that they don't want him to walk through this door. They will not like what walks back out. And Cass says that they don't want it, that they need it, and goes on to say that he would give anything to not have Dean go through with it. I do like that Cass says that they don't want it, but he says he doesn't say they need it. He says, I've been told we need it. Right, right. Which I think is pretty important in this instance of, of Sam and, and Cass talking about this. Dean and Cass talking about right. this. Implying that somebody else is telling them that right. they need it. And well, it's, it, yeah, it's kind of just coming the, down from some, some higher up. Right. Um, I don't know. I just like that as soon as Uriel leaves, that Cass is very upfront and honest with Dean about what happened. Right. You know, just flat out saying I was expressing emotions and they were impairing my judgment and I'd become too close to the humans in my charge, as he says. So Dean goes into the room with a little torture cart. Alistar is singing. He thinks it's, Alistair thinks it's hilarious that they sent Dean to torture him. Dean tells him he has one chance to give up a name. Alistair is not scared at all and encourages to have Dean like he was in the pit. He's re- excited to reunite Dean with Free Dean. That missing part of himself that right. he left. So Hell Dean and Free Dean. He's, he's wanting to. Hell Dean and Free Dean? Yeah. Yeah. Pit Dean and Free Dean okay. are the two different deans All right. we have right I don't now. think they're two different deans. I think it's just well, a the missing piece. Well, the one he's implying. Of, well, he's just talking about a missing piece of him. He doesn't say there's two different deans. Well, I know that. Don't I'm, be silly. I'm giving us a physical entity to deal with here. So Dean tells him that he'll be disappointed, implying that he's not going to revert back to that. But Alistair eggs him on with all, his stuff, with all of the stuff that he did to him in the pit. And then continues to egg him on with all of the stuff they needed to his dad in the pit. So, and this is why I had to, like, stop myself from taking notes. Because I could seriously just sit here and, like, quote their entire conversation. conversation right. Um, I have this, like, really, like, ridiculous tendency to want to recite pieces of script or dialogue that I think are really cool. Um, it's just like this weird drama kid kind of thing, I think. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it would just make for an extremely long podcast. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do that. I just, um, I don't know the way I was thinking about it when I was like, cause I have to stop. Cause I was seriously like, pause typing what they said, pause. <laughs> cause that whole conversation, I could quote all of it as like favorite lines. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's amazing. It just remind, reminded me as I was doing it, like it's like people who want to like sing along to their favorite songs. Oh, yeah. I want to talk along with the <laughs> scenes, but um, there were, um, there was two lines that I did want to quote because they were really, really good. Um, when Dean first comes in and tells Alistair that he has one chance right. to give him the name, and of course I can't speak the way Alistair does, but I wish I could. He says, or what? You'll work me over? And then he says, or maybe you don't want to. And then he does this where it just like makes my skin crawl where he like sings to him. Right. And he's like, maybe you're scared too. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> oh. He is amazing. He's as Alistair. I, I just, I love that guy. Oh um, my God. Perfect casting. And then the part that you had mentioned where he says you left a part of yourself back in the pit. Let's see if we can get the two of you back together. 
that was really good too. It's good because it's exactly what Dean was just telling Cass that they need to be worried about. Right. And Alistair's like that. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Bring it on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so as Alistair is torturing Dean with what he has done to his dad in the past, we cut back to Sam and he's called Ruby and he wants her help to find out where they took Dean. She actually thinks it's a good idea or a good thing for Dean to torture Al, as she calls him, because he'll be a, what does she call him? A crying heap and the good guys will have their answers. Right. Um, but Sam tells her that Dean has changed. She's too weak and he will not be able to do it. And she's like, oh, and you will? And he's, he, Dean, Sam's like, yes. He, he says he will be strong enough to do it. And she just kind of gives him a look. And then we go back to Alistair and Dean. And Dean tells, or Alistair tells Dean that he couldn't break John. He gave him the same deal he gave Dean for a hundred years. After every day, he told him he'd stop the torture if John would get off the rack and join him in the torturing. Dean doesn't say anything, but he just starts pouring uh, holy water into a cup from a, a jug. And Alistair's not impressed. He's like, ooh, holy water. I do like that Dean doesn't really seem like he believes what Alistair is telling him about John. Right, right. Um, just that whole Dean remembering that demons will pretty much always lie, but, like, the best lies that they can tell you is by just twisting the truth a little bit. Right. Like, I mean, we all know John Winchester was in hell. Right. You know, but we don't know what happened to him there. And so right. Um, I like that Dean is making an effort to not let that be getting to him. And one of the driving forces behind the decisions he's making in there, because otherwise right. things could get very, very bad. Um, if he was actually letting Alistair, like... Push his buttons. Exactly. Yeah. So Dean tells him that even in hell, he was able to dream. And this moment is what he dreamt of over and over and over again. And as he's filling a syringe with holy water, he tells Alistair that he has a few ideas. Then it cuts away to Cass, who's waiting outside, and we hear Alistair start groaning. And then Cass just gives us really concerned look back, kind of like over his shoulder into the room where they're at. Yeah. And I was certain that Leanna paused that at least 12 <laughs> times to try to capture the perfect picture of that face. No, I didn't. Concerned cast face. Go back and do it now. But <laughs> I was I like, Leanne is totally pausing the shit out of this right now. I just know it. I was doing too much about what's being said and like done. I didn't have time for that. <laughs> I did feel horrible for Cass though. Um, and then we go back to Sam and Ruby and Ruby's doing a spell um, where she's burning the map. And it's leaving just the area where Dean is at. Which conveniently is at the center of the map. I just wanted to point that right. out. Right. I was like, oh, <laughs> that, was, that worked out for you Why did we even guys? have to do this, spell? You could have just been like, there. He's right in the middle. Right. Yeah. Um, so Sam tells Ruby it's been weeks and he needs it. He wants to be strong enough. She sits on top of him on the bed and they kiss for a little bit. So it, it kind of, it's like they're implying that he needs sex and that's what she's about to give him, you know, with right. the way like things are being said and, and the actions that are being taken. Right. 
But then she pulls out a knife to cut open her forearm and starts feeding Sam her blood. And you're like, oh. And my jaw, like, <laughs> hit the floor. I this is like, what we've been doing. Right. I was like, you can't be serious. <laughs> so we're just feeding on demon blood now. Yeah. Okay. I was okay. just, um, I still, when I see that, get that kind of shocked and angry feeling when I see Sam doing that. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Sam? Like, you are smarter than this. You are a lot smarter than this. Like, not right now. <laughs> not even it's just, a little bit. Ugh. Ugh. It makes me so mad. <laughs> it makes me really mad. It, uh, To be honest, it didn't make me as mad this time because I knew it was coming, obviously. Right. Yeah. But it still, it still gave me that, like, twinge of, like, oh, my God, here yeah. we go. Yeah. The first time I saw it, though, I was just, like, screaming <laughs> in my living room, like, what the fuck? What the what? What the fuck? <laughs> So, you know. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. Seriously, I, I'm like, I seriously was like, my jaw was like, I was like, yeah. just mouth like drooling. Just like, just like, your mouth is open for so right. long. I'm like, I just, what the fuck? Yeah, I was, I was genuinely shocked and surprised. Like, it was just, I, I don't think a TV show's ever done that to me. Not that, that level of like, total just disbelief. Like, oh yeah, no. Yeah, no. Um, so we get to see that little tidbit of information that they've been dangling in front of us for quite a while. Yeah. We go back to Dean and Alistair <laughs> and Dean is torturing him and he tells, or Dean is torturing him and Alistair tells Dean that he carved him into an animal. To a new animal. Right. And this there's is no going back. This is when we see a shot of like the water faucet handle start yes. turning. And mm-hmm. I honestly thought that Alistair was doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I was pretty shocked. I, I was like, like wow, that's shit. how is he getting pretty powerful magic out of the devil right. shop? This is amazing. But yeah, I was totally like, holy shit, Alistair is a lot more powerful than they realized. Exactly. So we see because of the turning of the faucet, water starts dripping on the border of the devil's trap. So, <clears throat> sorry, we skipped over one of the things I wanted to mention. And you know me with my whole camera shots. I love certain shots. <laughs> <laughs> but the shot um, right after the line where he tells Dean, I carved you into a new animal. There's no going back. We get a really nice tight shot of just the two of them staring at each other. Yeah. But with the camera position, they put the camera like at chest level. So you're looking kind of slightly up at them. It was just... A really well-framed I really shot. loved the whole scene between the two of them. And yeah. I actually went and looked up if there was any mention of it. And Jensen actually does talk about it. He does. At a convention. So I have some of it quoted oh, okay. in here. Okay. I would like to, to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I'll get, we'll do it at the end since I don't. Yeah. Just this entire episode, the two of them, what's going on between them is just so well scripted. Their chemistry is and amazing. so well acted. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it's a little mind blowing, honestly. It's just, it's a fantastic dynamic that they have going. Absolutely. So, um, Anna shows up and she's talking to Cass, um, who... Obviously, we thought she was dead, or at least her human uh, vessel was dead. She tells Cass that she called in a few favors to get her human body back. And Cass tells her that they have orders to kill her. And she knows, but she she doesn't think that he'll follow through. 
Um, he tells her that Uriel is gone receiving revelations. We go back into the torture room and Alistair is telling Dean he respects his professionalism. We go back out to Anna and Cass and she wants to know why Cass is letting Dean do this. And Cass just says it's God's work. Yeah, which I was pretty kind of angry. You're like, with really? Cass. Oh, that's Cass? honestly what you believe, Cass? Because I don't think that is what you believe. Do you really think, like, did you hear what you just said? Right. <laughs> and even Anna's like, you think this is righteous. Yeah. You know, like, you think this is God's work. Anna doesn't believe that it would come from their father. Maybe you superior, but definitely not God. We go back into the torture room as Dean is splashing holy water on Alistair. But he's still not getting any answers. Anna says that she is going to ruin the one, or that he, that Cass, is going to ruin the one real weapon that they have if they let this go on. Um, Anna tells Cass that he's feeling doubt about the orders being wrong. I really liked that because um, when Anna shows up, Cass is genuinely angry. And right. he clearly does not like her and, and has a lot of resentment towards her. But you also get, like, the feeling from Cass, just the way he's kind of talking to her, that he's, like, grateful to be able to s- ask certain questions right. out loud that he's probably had inside of him for a while. That he can't. Um, that he can't say to the other angels. Because it's blasphemy. It's blasphemy, right. And so when, but you can see when she tells him that what he's feeling is doubt, that that is what clearly just kind of, like, switches things off inside Cass. He, like, he... She never should have said that to him if she wanted to continue the dialogue. Right. He wasn't ready to hear that. He wasn't ready to understand that he was feeling human emotions. Right. It's not. And especially of all emotions to be feeling doubt as an angel is pretty. Especially since that's the reason he was given for needing to be the orders, set aside. Yeah. Well, and the orders that he was given to kill her are because she fell. And right. the, the, the step in that direction is to begin doubting. Right. So she starts, she continues the dialogue saying that uh, together they can, but before she can finish, Cass gets upset and he's like, together, we're nothing, I'm nothing like you. You fell. But he says it like an insult. Right. Not just like I said calmly. Right. No. He <laughs> says that he's very, there's a lot of, uh, what's the word? There's a lot of venom word. behind that right. word. Disdain is the word I was thinking of. Yes. In the way he says it. So then we're back to Alistair and Dean, and Alistair tells uh, Dean how much he's done for them. How much, you know, that Lilith actually wanted him there. It was all, it was, it was, it was planned. Dean shuts him up before he's allowed to say anything else by shoving salt down his throat, which looks pretty unpleasant. Um, I do like when they cut in on that scene, when you first come back and um, Alistair is coughing up. I don't know what it was that Dean, before the salt had poured down his throat, probably just more holy water. Yeah. But Alistair says, because they need to add a bit of comedy to the situation, apparently. He (laughs) says, there's something caught in my throat. I think it's my throat. No, he says it after the salt. (laughs) Oh, he does? Yeah. Damn. (laughs) I still like that line. (laughs) It's it's a great line. It made me laugh in in the middle of this horrible situation. Right. I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. I did need that. So he... um, after he clears his throat, Alistair, throat. <laughs> yeah, Alistair tells Dean it was actually supposed to be John to bring it on, but it turned out to be Dean. And he tells him the first seal. Dean doesn't believe him. 
Then Alistair quotes the first seal, um, which I didn't write down. Um, and it is written that the first, she- the first seal shall be broken when a righteous man sheds blood in hell. As he breaks, so shall it break. Right. And I cry so, every time I hear that. Yeah. I do. It's, <laughs> it's pretty upsetting. It's brutal. Um, Dean, te- he tells Dean when they win, when they cause the apocalypse and they're burning the world down, they're going to owe it all to Dean Winchester. Dean is upset not looking at him. He's got his back to him the whole time this is happening. And you can tell Dean's struggling with this because he doesn't know if this is real or if Alistair's fucking with him. fucking with him, right. Um, But I think eventually Dean does believe him. Yeah. Well, and then he, you know, he asks later. Right, right. But yeah, so it's obviously troubling him. So Dean then turns around to confront him and say something, but... Or no, I'm sorry. Alistair, right, so Dean's back is to him, and that's when Alistair kind of looks around, and he sees that the trap has finally been broken. Right. And then this is when Dean says, um, they might, there might be an end, they might, they might win, there might be an end, but he's not going to be there to see it. And as he turns around to continue torturing him, Alistair is standing there, freed yeah. from the devil's trap. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and... Tells Dean that he needs to check with their plumber. Yeah. Alistair then beats Dean up, almost kills him. Cass comes in in time and stops it. <clears throat> but then Alistair gets the bigger, you know, the big, uh, the upper hand on Cass and is about to so, essentially exercise him. Cass, and this is just, I, I uh, so. The fight scene breaks out. Cass, I think it took him a minute to realize the screaming he was hearing was not just Alistair being tortured. Right. Um, and so he goes into the room and he throws the knife into Alistair. Right. And starts trying to twist it, like, with his hand, like, from across the room. And then <laughs> Alistair pulls it out. Right. The knife. The demon-killing knife that is being held in his chest by an angel. And he pulled it out. He's a badass. I lost it. I was like, they're fucked. Like, they are totally fucked. <laughs> like, Because not only did he pull this out, but he also somehow broke the devil's trap. At least right. that's what we exactly. know at this point. Exactly. So I'm like, this is, like, this is not going to end well for anybody in this room. No. Like, yeah, I was, I was pretty upset. It's and very upsetting he... to think that, you know, these two guys that you're totally in love with yeah. are about to die. Yeah. Because there's this demon that's just completely unstoppable. Well, apparently. that was a lot more powerful than anybody realized. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And so then they have their fight, which ends with him hooking Cass onto that hook in the wall. Right. Ugh. And Ugh. then he starts exercising him from his right. vessel, which I right. was just like, how can you do that's that? That's fair. Right. What? No. Yeah, it was just another step in the whole who the fuck is this demon right. like mentality that I'm getting throughout this whole scene. And then if that wasn't crazy enough, Sam shows up. Yes. So uh, Sam shows up and uses his powers to knock Alistair back onto the wall and pin him there. Alistair, the demon right. that we just saw do all these things. I just want to make sure we understand what we're seeing happen here. So you're like, okay, 
Sam is strong enough to hold this all-powerful fucking demon against a wall after drinking some of Ruby's blood. I don't know if I was like, okay. I think I was more like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, no. I, I'm just, <laughs> just it's like, okay, here we are. <laughs> Things are escalating very quickly. Very, very rapidly. <laughs> like, oh my God. So not only does he just hold him up against the wall, he is then able to essentially torture Alistair in a much better way than Than Dean Dean was because he's getting the answers from him. I have to wonder what exactly he was doing, too. Because it's like he's... I don't know. I kind of got the impression that he was, like, squeezing him really hard. Right. And he even forces his eyes to roll. Right. Like, they turn white. I was like, holy shit. Like, this is just... What is happening? Sam, like, this is not good. And you could even see Cass, like, the look Cass gives him. The whole time that Cass is just staring at him like, what the fuck? Cass is, like, kind of... Through the whole thing, you can see he's like, except the fact that they're going to have to kill, like, Sam Winchester. Right. Like, this can't, this this thing that we're seeing cannot yeah, be Yeah, first he kind of does the table, like, audience where he's right. looking back and forth between right. Alistair and, and Sam. Like, right. what the fuck? But then he's just staring at, at Sam, Sam the rest of the time. Right. Like, and you can see the wheels turning in Cass's face. Like, right. okay. This like, this can't is, be good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we we learned from Alistair that Lilith wouldn't only kill seven angels; she'd kill a hundred, she'd kill a thousand. There, so he wasn't. They're doing not it, like, behind. Lilith it. was not yeah. doing it. The demons are not behind killing it. If they were, they would have made it much worse. Um, and Al- Alistair tells Sam, "Go ahead, send me back to hell." And Sam says, "No, I'm stronger now. <laughs> oh my god, I'm going to kill you." Oh my god! And then he fucking kills, kills. this. Like, most powerful Alistair, demon right. we've ever met. We've ever met. Ever. Kills him. Not exercises him. Kills him. Like it was nothing. No nosebleed, no nothing. headache. Nothing. Just does it. Just squeezes his fist. And and Alistair dies, which I was honestly kind of sad. Just because I like him I loved so much. That actor. Yeah. I loved that meat suit. Yeah. For Alistair. I thought it Just was perfect. the most amazing, incredible yes. thing. Yeah. I was, I was pretty... He's very, very high on my list of favorite bad guys. Absolutely. His, everything about that guy was just, it was just so perfect. Perfect. It was just unreal. So Cass is just staring at Sam like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. What in the actual fuck? And to be fair, Cass, I think, is a lot more calm than I think I would have been. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even say anything. Right. He's just all Cass about it. He's just totally silent and brooding and just staring at him where I would have been like screaming at him. Like, what the fuck is wrong with One of the calendars. That was one of his calendar looks. One of his many calendar (laughs) looks that looked almost exactly the same. So then we cut to Dean, who's in the hospital. Cash shows up um, because Sam's sitting next to to Dean. And we see Cass walk by and kind of do the head nod at Sam. And they go out and they talk in the hallway. And Sam tells him, miracle, now. Right. Sam wants Cass to go in there and heal Dean up right away. Um, Cass says that he can't. Do we um, ever understand why he can't? No. Mm-mm. He just Weird. says that he can't. And right. I don't know if it's because, like, they need him to heal on his own because he's, like, you know, the tool that they need or right. whatever. Or if he can't because Sam is there and he can't be, he shouldn't even be talking to Sam. Like, right. I don't, know. I don't know. Because we do later in the series find out that someone can't be miraculously healed. Right. Yeah, there's a special workaround to it, but I don't know if that's 
the this, case because he doesn't seem right. as bad. Well, have we really seen Cass heal anybody at this point? I don't think so. I don't think we have, have we? Huh. Okay. Um. So maybe they just weren't going to be on board with Angel's, you know. Right. Angel touching people. Angel touching. <laughs> but anyway. That's so- a shame. <laughs> <laughs> so... Cat says that he can't and he has no idea how the trap was broken and he's really sorry. Sam says that Alistair wasn't lying and that something else is killing their soldiers. So then we go to Uriel and Cass and they're talking out in a park on a bench. Uriel has received revelations and the superiors want them to save their brothers and sisters. Cass tells Uriel that the murderers may not be demonic. And he's like, well... If not demons, who? And Cass's the will of heaven. And that maybe their garrison's being punished. Right. Cass thinks that maybe their father isn't the one giving the orders anymore. And maybe something is actually wrong. Uriel says he won't wait to be gutted and then poofs away. Cass then actually calls for Anna. And he tells her this for the first time he feels. Which is... You're like, okay. Yeah. We're getting somewhere here. It's just... That scene where he first calls for her, I was pretty surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you can see, like, it's the first time you really see Cass, like, expressing any kind of emotion. Right. Um, but it's just kind of sad because he's, like, actually scared. You know what he's I very, mean? He's and, struggling with and this. And he's also... Right. He's confused. Like, he's scared and he's confused. And so he turns to this person who he doesn't like, who he resents... Who he holds in shame, but she's the only person he knows who would understand understand what's happening to him. So he calls for her, tells her that that he's feeling for the first time, and Anna tells him it's only going to get worse. He then says that he doesn't know what to do, and he wants her to tell him what to do, which was kind of heartbreaking. Right. Because you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. And then she turns around and she's like, like the old days? No. She tells him it's time for him to think for himself. And she's, and then she leaves. So then we have Cass back at the torture place. And he's trying to determine how the trap was broken. Uriel shows up. Well, because when he's talking to Anna, when she leaves, he looks, um, he's looking around because he's still pretty lost and, and confused. But he right. sees a faucet knob. Right. Um, on a water fountain near where he was standing. And right. that's when he decides to go back and start really looking Doing at how investigation. the, how the yeah. trap actually broke. So then uh, Uriel shows up. Um, and Uriel asks Cass... Uriel shows up and asks Cass if he's going to join him. And Cass talks to Uriel about respect and how long they've been working together and that he wants Uriel to tell him the truth. Uriel tells him the only thing that can kill an angel is another angel. And then an angel blade drops from his sleeve. Yes. And you're just like, oh, you fucker. Yeah. You motherfucking piece of shit. Yeah. Um, Little sidebar here. The sword, um, the angel blade, is referred to as the Sword of Lucifer in the official episode summary released by the CW. Although it has never been referred to this in canon. No, it hasn't. I've never heard that. I just thought that was a little interesting tidbit for that is. the angel yeah. blade. Um, 
So we find out that it was Uriel who actually broke the trap. He wanted Alistair to kill Dean and escape so that Cass would go on believing that demons were at fault for killing their kin. Which, you know, is just making you hate Uriel more and more each time he keeps speaking. Speaking, yeah. Um, he goes on to say that he's tired of waiting, and he just, we, he really just does not like humans, like, at yeah. all. Um, he wants Cass to join him to help raise their brother, Lucifer. And Cass wants to know if Uriel is going to kill the whole garrison, but we find out that Uriel has only killed the ones that said no, and that Others have actually already joined him. Yuri wants Kaz to help spread the word of the apocalypse. He doesn't want to fight him. Kaz tells him, or he, he asks if he's afraid, and Kaz says, yes, it's the first time. For the very first time, he's afraid. And then he shoves Uriel through a wall. They fight. Uriel's actually besting Kaz, and he's punching him, telling him there's no will, no wrath, no God. And as he says that last line, Anna shows up and stabs him through the back of the throat. And she says, maybe, maybe no, but there's still me. And then she pulls her blade out and Uriel dies. <clears throat> Cass asks Dean if he's, Cass is back at the hospital and asks Dean if he's all right. Dean says, no thanks to you. Cass tells him, you need to be more careful. And Dean says, you need to learn how to manage damn devil's trap. I was kind of angry at Cass when he told Dean he needed to be more careful. <laughs> like, I was like, uh, you know what? Actually, uh, fuck you. <laughs> um, whose right. idea was this? Exactly. LD never would have been there if you guys hadn't dragged him there. Right. Then he says, that's not what I mean. Uriel is dead. So I'm like, what do you mean, Cass? I think it means more that... Um, angels are going to be trying to manipulate Dean a lot more than they have been. Right. So Cass tells Dean that it wasn't demons, it was disobedience, and Uriel was working against them. And then this is when Dean asks if what Alistair said about the seal was true. Cass tells him that it is, and that they actually laid siege to hell to get him out before it would happen, When once they learned of, you know, their plan. They laid siege to hell to, to break Dean out, but they were too late. So Dean asked, well, why don't you guys just leave me? And this is one of my favorite lines with the, uh, the two of them. And Cass mm -hmm. tells him that, um, I don't know if I actually wrote the line down, but he tells him that he's not to blame and that the righteous man who begins it is the only one who can finish it. I wrote the line down. Which, isn't that the rest of the seal? Yes. Yeah. That's the end of the... Right. How the yeah, seal. Cass says um, to Dean, it's not blame that falls on you, Dean, it's fate. The righteous right. man that begins it is the only one that can finish it. Right. Which is pretty horrible. Yes. So Cass tells him that Dean has to stop it. Lucifer, the apocalypse, what does that mean? Asks Dean. And Cass says he doesn't know. They don't tell him much. So Dean tells Cass Alistair was right and he's not whole. He's not strong enough and it's too much. He can't do it. He is not the man that either of their dads wanted him to be. He tells Cass that he needs to find somebody else. And he's really upset. That's when he says one of my favorite lines and this is where it ends is, um, I guess I'm not the man either of our dads wanted me to be. Find someone else. It's not me. Right. 
And then you just cry, and the credits roll. And, and then you just cry some more. You think about eating a whole pint of ice cream. Those kind of things. Oh, my God. This is a very intense episode. <clears throat> it is. And it's pretty emotionally There's draining. a lot of shit that gets dropped on you. Yeah. As there a fan. There are so many <laughs> watching like, this. huge reveals in this episode that by the time you're done watching it, you're just like... Emotionally I'm exhausted. I'm going to go sleep for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Then, like Shannon said, I'm probably going to eat a lot of ice cream. Right. Maybe watch something silly. Right. <laughs> but now like I just watch fucking... the next one after that. Well, yeah. Right. You, but, um, you're just like, what the fuck? What it? No. Let's come on. Keep going. Um, Do you have... Are you going to go on to, like, tidbits? Or can we keep talking about the episode? If you have more to say about um, it. Well, it's just more like the reasons why I like this episode so much. Um, I was... I, I, and... Strictly from speaking from an actor's performance point of view, I was really sad to see Uriel go because that guy's got an amazing voice. I could we listen to him two. talk for hours. We lost two right? amazing actors <laughs> yeah. in this one episode. The, that guy delivered his lines. I mean, he was like almost up there with Alistair. Uriel was. Yeah. But he just had a really great voice. Um, yeah, so did Alistair. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a lot of his delivery. You know, what made it so good is that great gravelly like exactly just, and then uriel is kind of just the like very white very throaty <laughs> type of angels. yeah yeah no and just um he had a good um speed that he spoke at yeah i liked that so i was pretty sad to see him go um i liked in the scene <coughs> where dean is torturing alistair and cass and anna are talking outside they timed it really well as far as when we were cutting back and forth between the two right. things that were happening, um, everything being said was relevant to both situations. Exactly. You know, I thought that was really, really well done. I think they do a good job with that in general. Yeah, I think they do. Um, um, so I just, to talk more about the um, scene where Cass is, is talking to Anna, um, I don't know. It was just really, it just made me realize this time that I'm watching it that they missed a really big opportunity with Cass as far as character development goes. Um, I'm a person who, and a lot of people don't know this about me. I don't think even you know this about me, but I used to go to church like a lot. I knew that about you. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, it was something that I'd been doing since I was like still in high school. Um and I just, I stopped going and like losing faith like that is really difficult. Right. And that's what was happening to Cass, you know, and um, it's scary. And I can only even imagine for like a An freaking angel. angel. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's just completely. Faith is a little bit more ingrained in there. Yeah, exactly. And so um, it, it, it's just really scary for Cass. Like I was like, I, I like lost faith and in religion specifically, um, but just in general. Right. You know, I went through a pretty rough period. Um, I just made a lot of really bad decisions, you know, and, and things got really bad for a while. But um, I think this was even after me and you stopped hanging out for a while. Um, but I was able to find faith again, and, and it helped me, that part of my life helped me realize that faith is not tied specifically to religion. Right. And it's, like, an integral part of, like, human nature. You know, yeah. like, having faith is, like, 
I have to have faith in myself. I have to have faith in the people around me. You know, nothing is set in stone. Nothing is fact. And you have to be able to believe that there's good out there. Right. You know, and that's not necessarily believing there's a God or believing in any type of extraterrestrial (laughs) type thing. Right. It's just that there's good in the world. You have to be able to believe that or you're never going to be able to carry on like a happy life. No. Um, Just cynical, grumpy old men. Exactly. And I think, um, even the women, (laughs) that I think they really lost, um, the opportunity to show cast going through that type of a growth, you know, like we do see it, like the the series touches on it right. a few times when we when we see how Cass's relationship with the Winchesters develops. Do you think they didn't want it to become too much of like a downer with him being, you know, depressed or struggling or scared of losing that? I mean, I would say that if he wasn't already pretty a pretty big downer right. <laughs> in the series. Well, can you imagine how? worse it could be (laughs) right yeah (laughs) it could could be worse (laughs) i think it's more that they missed the opportunity of watching him learn though you know like it would it would be worse but there was also a really good chance of watching Cass develop that faith in humanity and that faith in the people that he cares about and the people he loves right and i because he definitely does yeah absolutely it's not it's not shown as well as it could be. Exactly. And I and I think that was something that was overlooked and that they really just missed out on. Yeah. You know. And I wish they hadn't. Right. Well, I mean, just devil's advocate, I think the only reason not the only reason, but I, I would say <laughs> one of the reasons that it probably got missed, um, giving Kripke the benefit of the doubt here, is that uh he was supposed to be a one-shot character. Well, yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to be in one episode. Right. And then God. That's true. So. Right. No, I, and that's that's 100% valid. Absolutely. But I mean. Yeah. It's I agree just, with you, though. I, I think just think there's a lot of people, really nice. and especially a lot of the people who watch this show, just from what I, I've learned about the general um, mentality of the fan base around this particular show, I think a lot of people would have identified very closely with that. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so. And I mean, you do see it throughout the show. I just don't. I just, I, I just think Cass was a real missed opportunity in that regard. Specific regard. Right, yeah. yeah. I think you make a very, very good point. Thank you. Um, and then I did want to say one of my other favorite lines. It was one of Uriel's lines when they were talking, him and Cass were talking. Um, and Cass says, makes mention of this. Is this what you think our father would want? us to do and and Uriel's response is he stopped being that if he ever was the moment he created them right and then he says with all kinds of just like disgust humanity his favorites his whining puking larva <laughs> and it was just it was just so he really hates us yeah and it was but you can understand where that resentment came from oh yeah you know and I mean, I can just totally it's like your mom had you and your sisters and then she's like you know what? I'm gonna adopt, right? Some more kids, and, and then just they become like these, like totally, and like that's what her focus is. That's where right. all her love I'm, goes. She's like, I'm you just guys gonna are, go to their concerts, right? And their their high school. You guys plays. are all self sustained. You go yeah. figure sh- shit out for yourself. <laughs> um, it made me think of <laughs> you've seen that movie Drop Dead Gorgeous, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that movie. <laughs> 
the end when I can't remember anybody's name in that movie, any of the characters' names, but she doesn't have her costume, so she can't perform the talent show. And uh, the other girl gives her her costume. All you can have it. I'm not, I wasn't gonna win anyways. And then she's like, you know, my dad only or my mom only had me because my brother needed that kidney, right? <laughs> things i thought of that's absolutely humans versus angels right exactly (laughs) (laughs) my mom only had me because my brother needed a kidney (laughs) i'm sorry but that's just very morbidly funny it that whole movie is morbidly funny. if you have not seen (laughs) drop dead gorgeous you need to watch it it is hilarious it has a very dark sense of humor though so prepare yourself um that's pretty much everything i had Okay, let me get into the tidbits here. I have okay. a couple for this one. Um, so at the, the convention, it was in L.A. Uh, in 2011, Jensen was praising the performance of Christopher Heyerdahl. I think that's how you say his last name. The that's one who Alistair? Plays, yeah. Okay. Specifically in this episode saying that during the torture scene, Jensen was thinking, wow, I'm being totally outacted here. I mean, wasn't he good? And the audience just replied with like a crazy roar of applause. Yeah. Um, He's also remarked on a few occasions that the torture scenes between uh, he and Christopher would have been difficult to film had both actors not trusted each other. Jensen has praised Christopher and has said that he is thankful for the chemistry that they have as actors allowing them to become incredibly close during the face-to-face banter and allowing for them to capture the very raw energy of the story. Yeah, they had a great yeah. dynamic. It came across quite well. It really did. Um, so while Dean is torturing Alistair, and Alistair says, it's your professionalism that I respect, it's the same line used in Little Shop of Horrors, spoken by the <gasps> dental patient in response to oh the sadistic dentist. <laughs> it is. Who is trying to cause him pain. However, the dentist doesn't know that the patient was uh, a masochist. Right. Was a masochist who was enjoying what the dentist was doing. So by referencing this, Alistair may have been trying to indicate that Dean's torture attempts were not having the desired results. Yes. That's exactly what he was trying to do. But I kind of even picked up on that before I even caught that reference. Right. I just love that they threw that in for the reference. That movie also I love that. I haven't seen that movie in years. I just watched it a couple weeks ago. Dude. So good. Steve Martin I do. Murray. Danny and I do that song literally every time we go to karaoke now. (laughs) Suddenly (laughs) Seymour. Every time. Well, just that whole scene in the dentist's office with those two is just amazing. So good. I love it. So, so good. I love it. I mean, Bill Murray and... um, Steve Martin, like you, you don't you get much can't better. Go than wrong, that. No. yeah, not at all. Um, this is also the very first time that Dean refers to Castiel as Cass to his face. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so to elaborate, the title of this episode comes from the expression "How many angels can dance on the head of a pin?" Some earlier theologian, theol- theologians, theologians. Thank you. Discuss this questions. This oh my god. Back Let's it up. start over. <laughs> <clears throat> some early theologians discussed this question, though some believe it may have been merely debating exercise rather than true academic inquiry for concrete answer. However, other theologians use this expression mockingly as an example of questions they deemed useless because it had no practical use. 
Therefore, it became a metaphor for an exercise in futility. Since Dean was forced to torture Alistair without anything useful coming from the act, the metaphor fits this episode. Wow. This is the first time that we see Sam drinking Ruby's blood. Well, yes, it is. Thank you. Thanks for pointing that out. (laughs) Um, The spell that Ruby uses to locate Dean is actually the same spell word for word that Bobby used earlier in the series. (gasps) To locate the Devil's Gate. Right. Um, Oh. They just had, he had the pendulum and she burned the map. She burned the map. Nice. They are exactly the same. Look at Bobby, the little witch. (laughs) (laughs) um so that's it for tidbits um my favorite song or the song i picked is the only one that's in there is the one that's being sung by alistair which is cheek to cheek by irving excuse me irving berlin i didn't pick a song but that's a good choice yeah, well, like, it's yeah. the only one in there. So yeah, no, but I, I didn't. It didn't <laughs> but I would have picked it if it was. It didn't even more. occur to me to pick it, but it's a very good choice. <laughs> it's just so unnerving. It is. Just in, the minute Dean walks in the room and Alistair looks up and he just says "heaven," and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> this is gonna be really bad." Body count in this is three. So I'll obviously Alistair and Uriel. And then the, the angel at the beginning. The female, the sister. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Um, favorite lines? I already kind of pointed them out as we went along. Um, I really liked the line with Dean and Cass's conversation. And then I really liked... Um, uh, oh, my God. Earlier, what was it? Uriel's the funniest angel. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get something light and humorous <laughs> well, yeah. for this episode. Did you have other lines that you haven't already talked about? That's what I'm looking for right now. Um, yeah, pretty much that and just the quotes from the seal. Um, yeah. And then as far as a favorite scene, um, for me, it's the scene with uh, Cass asking Anna for help. Okay, that's good. I... Is that okay, Shannon? That's good. Okay, that's good. I approve of that. Shannon approves. (laughs) Um, I really liked the end when um, you just see how broken up Dean is and how he's just like, I can't do this. Right. Because you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, Jensen really knocked it out of the park with this one. His performance is just amazing. Um, Yeah, I also liked the scene of the reveal of what Sam was doing. Yeah. It's a terrible yeah. moment, but it's just, you're, you're so fucking blown away. Yeah. It's just like, okay. Yeah. So I had to pick that scene. Um, it's yeah. nothing. It's a fucking two second long, you know, but it bit, changes but it, everything. It's the most momentous thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I mean, that just, yeah, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. When you see that, everything just kind of, goes completely upside down. That's when the shit literally hits Hits the the fan. fan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you've thought a few times up until now that the shit's hit the fan. No, you had no idea. You had no idea where this was going. We're here now. Yeah, the shit has officially hit the fan. (laughs) (laughs) And it is only downhill from here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, 
To be a little lighter about the subject before we go, <laughs> I do want to make a point because there's always the whole Sam versus Dean, who's the better Winchester, and the argument that my sister and you often fall back on is that Sam started the apocalypse. I don't start. I do not fall back on you, that. I have a Facebook post of you saying that. <laughs> there, there are multiple things. That was That's just but one because you hate it so much, point. which is hilarious. <laughs> That I want to point out with this episode that if you want to get like that about it, Dean started the apocalypse. Well, obviously. I just want to make sure that we're clear on that, (laughs) Shannon. That you can't use that all the time in your Sam versus Dean argument. Okay. Okay. They're equally responsible, but... Absolutely. (laughs) They are. (laughs) 100% equally responsible. So it cancels out. I mean, I guess devil's advocate here. Your uh, favorite thing today. <laughs> yes, apparently. That's an interesting movie. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Dean had no idea, obviously, right. that it would be affecting. Right. The, not that Sam well, yeah. knows what's going to happen. Right. But Sam is actively making this decision because he thinks it's what's going to help them right. you know, save the world. Right. Even though he's been told by angels and by Pamela, you can't do this. This is actually not going to be good. Right. But So I think maybe because he's being more active in his bad choices where Dean, you know, was tortured for 30 years right. before he made his choice. Well, and I mean, this is something we're going to have to talk about when we get to the season finale because I have a lot to say about that also, but we're going to have to yes. wait. We don't want to give us too much time. Right, Exactly. <laughs> But that's all I have for On the Head of a Pin. I told you guys it was going to be long. (laughs) Okay. We'll take a break and we'll be back for It's a Terrible Life. And hopefully we won't go for another fucking hour. This is also a really good episode. We'll do our best. Alright, we'll be back. I'm in heaven And the cares That hung around me Through the week Seem to vanish Like a gambler's Lucky streak (laughs) When we're out together Dancing cheek to cheek Welcome back. Okay. Moving right along to It's Terrible Life. This one's directed by James L. Conway and written by Sarah Gamble. I love Sarah Gamble. She's got some great stuff. She does. Like, I, the more I watch this, the more I'm like, man, she has written a lot of my very favorite episodes. For real. Shannon's working with paper again for this episode, you guys, just so you know. There's going to be some old-fashioned paper crinkling yeah. in the background because Shannon's not very well at being prepared. Yeah. No. It's your professionalism, Shannon, that I respect. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so it's a terrible life. We open with Dean in a very nice apartment, dressed to the nines, making coffee. Um, we hear the Kings playing, and it's just one of my favorite songs. Song. I love this song. Um, and then he starts heading out. He puts on his suit jacket, and he goes out to get into his car, which is a Prius. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. He turns he starts the car and the radio pops on to some like hardcore rock and roll. Uh and he gives it a funny look and then he changes the station to NPR. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a very pleased look on And he's his face. very happy with himself. And the funny story, my uncle had just been telling me a big joke about how NPR is often called old fart radio. <laughs> so that was also uh we see him entering this big office building. Uh he goes up on the elevator, gets out, and enters an office that has Dean Smith, director of sales and marketing, printed on the on the door. He keeps having these ridiculous like chats over the phone. It's just this nice little montage of right. like Dean's day at work. <laughs> these super chats on the phone. People are coming into his office. He makes an off the cuff remark, <laughs> saying that he wants to know uh, when they're going to make another show like Project Runway, <laughs> which is especially funny because when Jen comes over to watch. Supernatural. Supernatural with me. We always watch an episode of Project Runway afterwards. We love that show. I am so hooked on that show. But so we laughed really hard when we heard that. Um, so that's his day. Night comes. He's putting his briefcase together so he can go home. And he gets on the elevator. And we do a slow pan to the left. And we see Sam standing in the corner wearing this silly... IT polo. Polo. I'm like, what are those shirts called? <laughs> um, and he's giving Dean a very confused stare. Right. Um, and then asks him in the absolutely dorkiest way he can, do I know you? <laughs> and after a brief exchange, Dean tells him to save it for the health club and gets off the elevator. And we go to the title card. Totally thought he was gay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Which is hilarious. It is. Happens to you guys all the time. Even to yourself. <laughs> um, so then we find out uh, Sam's name um, is Sam Wesson. Yes. So Smith and Wesson. Smith and Wesson. And uh, he's playing, he's an IT guy. And he's on the phone. He's playing with like a vampire bobblehead. That's like the... Uh, why can't I think of the fucking... The pop finals? No, the no. vampire. It's after... Dracula? Yes, but uh, the Bella Lugosi-like uh, style from the... What's the fucking episode where it's black and white? Oh, Monster, Monster Movie. Movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was okay. way too much wow. work. <laughs> anyway. I just love... <laughs> D or Sam on the phone. Did you turn it off and on? <laughs> So we see um, Sam is talking to their friend Paul. Um, he's an older gentleman, and he seems like just really intent on wanting to work. And Ian, uh, Sam's other friend, is saying that he got busted for browsing porn, and so, he had to talk to yeah. HR yesterday. And we that's did miss kind of a funny part of their conversation. Uh, the MILF part? The MILF part, okay, yeah. yeah. Or, or GAMILF. GAMILF. So he's talking about this lady, and Sam's like, dude, that's so age-inappropriate. And he's like, I know there's a MILF in there somewhere. <laughs> Sam's like, she's like 70. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus and Christ, And Ian says, dude. maybe a GAMILF. It's just like, wow, Ian's a douchebag. <laughs> so, but yes, and then they go talk to, what was the guy's name? Paul. Paul, who is totally freaking out. So... Ian and Paul are actually the first names of the stars of The Vampire Diaries. Oh. Which is also a CW show. And 
aired the first season the same year as the Supernatural. So. Oh, they both started at the same time? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. So I thought that was kind of funny. Do you know Jensen always makes a lot of jokes about Vampire Diaries? Yeah. And he says that if the show is, uh, if Supernatural is still on when the Vampire Diaries finally goes off the air, that the final they should episode should just be it. the Winchesters driving into town. Right. And then cut to black. <laughs> yeah. I think he said that like at 12 different conventions I think now. it's brilliant. <laughs> I think it's amazing. <laughs> I think you should keep saying it. Maybe they'll do it. But that would make me very happy. I've never even watched The Vampire Diaries, but I absolutely would watch that episode. Oh, Even if sure. they're only in the last 30 seconds, just so I could see that. Yep. I love all the means that arose from it. Yeah. Um, because then Twilight <laughs> got involved with them. Yeah. Showing up at Twilight. <laughs> all of the little photoshops of the Winchesters in the background. <laughs> yes. So it's good. great. So good. All right. So, um... They go to the break room. They go to the break room, and Ian is stealing office supplies. He wants to know if Sam is still having those dreams, and he wants Sam to tell him. Sam doesn't really want to because he thinks Ian's going to be a dick about it. And Ian tells him it's, like, the highlight of his day, and he wants to hear about him. Sam is so cute telling his friend about his dreams. So he tells (laughs) Ian that he saved a Grim Reaper named Tessa. (laughs) From dying. I don't, yeah. From a Oh, demon. yeah, from dying, yeah, from being killed by a demon, I think is what it specifically says. To which Ian just has all these outbursts about of laughter, how, yeah. how Sam is... A wizard. How, how much D&D did you play, man? Right. <laughs> and Harry Potter is coming, and then Sam calls him a dick, and Ian retorts with, wizard! Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Sam is the hottest fucking call center employee I have ever seen. Oh my life. God. I just wanted to say that. He looks enormous in that little cubicle. He's I know. <laughs> when they cut back to the scene, I was like, holy shit. Every time he like was in or around his cubicle, standing up, sitting down, I was like, you look like a fucking giant. Yeah. Like a fucking yes, it's- giant. Where did you come from? <laughs> like you are a fucking Sasquatch. Like, yeah. He's but I was. Just, it was. Uh, it was one of those moments when he was like getting into his chair at his cubicle. Exactly. Or I, I think you like, and I were talking about the exact same thing. We were both like, "Holy shit!" If I had a dude that looked like that at, at any of the call centers I've worked at, I would probably still be working there. Yeah. Oh no. I. I yeah. <laughs> definitely. And I would make sure I, I sat next to him. Yeah. As often. As I could. Anytime I mean, there was any type of shift realignment, I need to be Jesus next to that guy. Christ. Sam Wesson, he and I are really close. <laughs> and we need to sit My next numbers to each are other. only going to do well if, you're, if <laughs> I can see him. So, yes. Just, let's just, just let's keep that going. Keep it arranged. All right. So, Sam starts dozing off at his desk, and he has um, another dream that we get to partake in with him. And, um, we basically get a little, a mini montage of him and his brother hunting, like actually hunting. Scenes from previous episodes. Right. Like Dean caught cutting off the uh, vampire's, vampire's head, head with all, all that. the blood spraying all over his face. Um, so he wakes up in a start and he's in the elevator <laughs> with Dean again. <laughs> so Sam gets on and they both kind of give each other looks all off. Right, because you know Dean's like no, and Sam's like, oh, there he is again. Yeah. 
So Sam, once the elevator clears out and it's just the two of them, Sam asks Dean if he can ask him a question. And Dean's like, look, dude, I already told you. He's I'm like, not into that. <laughs> Dean's like, or Sam's like, dude, yeah, me either. I just, I have a, can I, I ask, you a, ask question? you a question? Dean's like, all right, fine. So he asks if, what he thinks about ghosts. <laughs> and Dean says that he's never really given it any thought. And Sam goes on to tell him that he thinks that he's been having these dreams and they're really weird and <laughs> he thinks something might be going on. <laughs> um, which is definitely, oh yeah. When he Dean... says ghosts or Dean says ghosts and he's like, do you believe in them? And he's like, yes. I've never really given much thought. And <laughs> Sam goes, vampires? And he goes, what? Why? <laughs> Sam, because I've been having some really weird dreams lately. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, not really. <laughs> so, you've never had any weird dreams? Sam, you are a total creep. Like, oh my god. And then my favorite line, and Dean says, look man, I don't know you, okay? But I'm going to do a public service and let you know that you overshare. <laughs> and he walks out of the elevator. So my favorite part about that whole scene is... Jared's line delivery is just so great. But when he's like, what do you think about ghosts? <laughs> and Dean, ghosts? Do you think they're real? <laughs> Never give it much thought. <laughs> Vampires? <laughs> yeah, I know. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> just the whole vampires part is just when I lose it every time. <sighs> um, it's, oh my God. It's, this episode is fucking it's so amazing. funny. It's all of their um, alternate timelines or whatever you want to call them are some of the best ones. Yeah. Because Mystery Spot was one yeah. of them. And it's like definitely a top three for me. Maybe oh, yeah. even number one. But um, the 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 gin The gin episode. Episode yeah. is also really Dream a little dream. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. Also. Then there's this one. They're and there's another really one good. coming up soon too. They're always really good. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> um Okay, so next day. Sam is doodling monsters doing that. Did you turn it off? Yes. <laughs> on the phone. While Googling vampires. Just vampires. <laughs> and looking at pictures of things. Yeah, just things. looking at the images. <laughs> okay. Um Ian is asking Sam if he got a letter or an email from HR. Sam hasn't. And Ian's like, well, shit, I guess it's just me. Sam thinks it's because he's finally gotten caught from stealing all the office supplies. But we don't and know. Ian hopes that they will spank him. Right. Because Ian's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yes. Paul starts freaking out that his computer froze and he's lost all of his work. Sam's trying to calm him down, saying it's okay. Like, these are pieces of shit. Right. <laughs> that happens. But Paul is just like... Well, Paul didn't back up. And that... Uh, the tech support guy didn't back up. Right. He didn't back up. Yeah. Paul. So, I mean, it's really your fault. It so is, Paul. It is your fault. You know these machines are terrible. And you're in tech support. Right. But so then, this doesn't justify what happens next. No, it does not. <laughs> so he's freaking out. Sam does, isn't able to calm him down. He's just like, okay, whatever, dude. Everybody leaves for the night. Paul is still there. 
trying to recover. Trying to recover it instead of just starting over and doing all the work. Because he probably could have finished it at that point. Right. But he hasn't been able to find it. So he gets up. He grabs some plasticware in the break room. Breaks off all the tongs on the fork. Opens the microwave. Sticks the fork and the knife into the slots of the microwave. So it thinks that the door is closed. Sticks his head in for two minutes. Ten minutes. Oh, is it 10 minutes? Yes, he sets the the timer for 10 minutes, sticks his head in, and hits start. And then just screams and dies. Really terrible. A very slow, painful, disgusting death. Yes. So, like, who fucking came up with that, Sarah Gamble? (laughs) Like, seriously? You just answered your own question. You are a creepy chick. I love you, (laughs) but holy shit. (laughs) That is some fucked up shit. That was some original... I have never seen anything like that. Bullshit right there. And I can see why I've never seen anything like that, because that's fucking disgusting. That's awful. <laughs> and I love you. Um, so, Sam and... So, everybody's at work the next morning. They're all kind of crowded around the break room. Where they're taking the body away. Yeah. Um, don't you think they would have, like, given everybody the day off? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, don't you think it would have smelled really bad in there? Yeah. Like the yeah, whole, I do. That whole floor must have smelled pretty awful. Um, I mean, someone just died just in your to their room. head. Like, yeah. I, you, you think they might. But at least. I mean, we don't know really what kind of company. Hours. What is their company called? Sandover. Sandover. Something. Yeah, we don't really know their work ethic, so. Um. But Sam catches Dean's eye, like, across the hall. Um, and Dean is talking to his colleague next to him. He's like, this just isn't right. Doesn't and the guy's this like, not seem right to you? No, it doesn't. <laughs> the guy's like, I'm never going to eat popcorn again. I know. I'm like, that's what you say? Wow. You're kind of a dick. <laughs> um, so we cut so, to Dean in his office. Right, and he's looking up the hall who just died, Paul Dunbar. And we find out that Paul's actually set to retire in two weeks. Two weeks. We cut back to Sam, who's talking to Ian about why he, Paul would kill himself two weeks before retirement. So, and this is just something I realized. The way Sam rolls over, I do that all day long at work. Yeah. I just realized it today. I was like, oh my God, I'm like Sam in that scene. <laughs> I just roll over all, hey, or I'll like go all the way around a corner to talk to somebody on my chair. I'll roll, roll, roll. <laughs> hey. <laughs> And, you know, you can, like, actually legitimately sneak up on people like that. They don't hear you coming. I've scared the shit out of the dude that sits in front of me so many times. It's hilarious. But, yeah. Sorry. Leanna works in a call center. I do. That was unclear. Yes. Um, so, Sam is trying to talk to Ian, and Ian is being completely different, refusing to talk to Sam because he's working. He's very busy. Um, and Sam is definitely thinking it's weird. Then he's like, dude, you're wearing this shirt. Right. Ian's actually in dress code and you're like, huh. Sam is still kind of chalking it up to him getting caught at HR or HR coming down on him. Then Ian gets a call to go up to 22 and he walks into Dean's office and Dean is telling him that he filled out an incorrect form and that he needs to resubmit. The correct form and everything will be fine, but Ian completely loses it. Yeah. And he thinks he's letting the company down. And 
He says he's failed Sandover and he's failed the company. And the whole time, Dean's just like, dude. Dude, it's Dude, it's cool. fine. Like, I just need you to fill this out. Like, it'll be okay. Ian runs out, runs to the bathroom. Dean follows him. Dean sees his own breath once he's in there. All of the faucets get turned on. All of the soap dispensers start ejecting the soap. Yes. Um, and... Excuse me. The whole wow. time Ian is just staring at himself in the mirror. And Dean's like, um, maybe we should We go. should get out of here, should, Ian. And he's like, come yeah. on, Ian, let, let's go. And Ian's just not listening. And Ian turns and looks at Dean, pulls a pencil out of his pocket, and then just jams it into his throat. And blood just starts spurting everywhere. I have right. got to say mad props to Dean for not totally freaking out. Right. Like, the minute the water started running and the soap dispenser started going, I would have been like, fuck you, Ian. I'm getting the fuck out of here. But, you know, Dean being Dean. Right. Always Dean, true to heart. Yep. So, Dean runs to Ian's side and he looks up and sees the reflection of an old dude in the mirror. And when he turns around, nothing's there. So, after the cop's uh, cart Ian away and everything. Dean calls Sam to his office. And Dean asks who he is. And he tells him his name is Sam Wesson. And he started three weeks ago. And we find out that Dean also started three weeks ago. Huh. Um, and he's having a master <laughs> cleanse. <laughs> to detox. Detox. And it <laughs> detoxes you like nobody's business. The master cleanse. Um, oh my god. So, shit, where did I go? So, Dean, or Sam is asking Dean if he saw something while he was in the bathroom with Ian. Well, because Dean's like, hey, you were asking me about ghosts. And Sam's like, yeah. And Dean's like, why? And Sam's like, did you see something? And Dean's no. Dean's like, never mind, forget it. Right. And that's when they start talking about the master cleanse, right? And then um, finally, Dean's like, yeah, I saw, I think I saw a ghost in the bathroom. Right, so Sam pulls the chair up very eagerly. Right. <laughs> Sam is convinced that Dean saw a ghost before he, like, Dean actually finally admits to it. And then that's when Sam think, it tells him that the ghost is, su- is responsible for this, Jesus Christ, for the suicides, which is one of my other favorite lines because he says, okay, listen, what if these suicides aren't suicides? <laughs> I mean, what if there's something. <laughs> Not natural. <laughs> I love that they did I that. I so love so hard. much. <laughs> really not natural. Not super natural. It's like that's what you couldn't you couldn't come up with supernatural. The way he's like struggling for it too. Something not natural. I oh, oh my god, so fucking much. Yeah, that was a great touch. I love that they did oh, that. Yeah. So. Dean is asking him how he knows, and he says instinct, and Dean says he has the same instinct. <laughs> he's like, so what, you're just some kind of... I love, that. yes. <laughs> so you're telling me that your dreams are special visions, and you're some kind of psychic? psychic? Sam, no. That would be nuts. Really, but ghosts aren't. <laughs> so you guys have both just decided that ghosts are real, but that's not nuts. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's crossing a line, right. Liana. Let's be real. And then he actually uses a Samism. He says, so I've been digging around a little. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam dug around and he broke into their emails, which Dean uh, seems impressed by. Yes. 
And we find out that Ian and Paul both got emails telling them to report to HR in room 1444. HR is on seven. Exactly. Yeah. And so I read, I think it was like an IMDB or something, or maybe it was the wiki that 1444, if you add the numbers individually, equal 13. Oh, look at that. Commonly an unlucky number. Yes. Anyway, so... I love, okay, this is my, set, my another favorite part. So Dean says, should we go check this out? Like, and Sam's like, like right now? Dean, no, no, it's getting late. You're right. And then they just kind of look at each other. And then Sam says, I am dying to check this out right now. Dean, right? <laughs> I love how many times he, he says, says, right? Right? In Me this episode. Too. It's like his little phrase. It's so funny because I do that all the time. Me too. When somebody is saying something with me or agreeing with me or something. Or I'm agreeing with them. I'll say, I know, right? Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) So much, so much. Like we were chatting on Facebook, a friend of mine, because I was posting pictures of what I got for Christmas and she posted a comment, nobody got you Misha? And I said, (laughs) right? (laughs) So I just want to throw that out there. I use that all the time. Yeah. So... Then we cut to some random IT guy going into room 1444. It's all dark and creepy. Nobody's there. The door slams shut. The guy tries to get out. Then all the TVs turn on, the monitors, and they're all on static. The guy can see his own breath. Then all the shit starts shaking. And it cuts back into the hallway where we see Dean and Sam rounding the corner. They hear a scream. They run to the door. (laughs) (laughs) They try to open it. They can't open it. favorite part and sam just kicks the door in and dean whoa Whoa. (laughs) and sam just shrugs and goes oh my god i'm just like dying at this point it's gotta be something about the outfit they have him wearing because he just looks enormous through this whole episode fucking giant i know because even that part of like he looks so much bigger than jensen yeah this whole episode, it's got to be something about what he's wearing. He's a tall dude, and he's yes, wide. I mean, he's got the, he's the nice broadness. big person. But, but he's not that much bigger than Jensen as right. far as He's like a few height. inches taller than yeah. Jensen. He's 6'4 or 6'3". Yeah, 6'4". Yeah, and Jensen is 6'1". Like so right. There's not... It's not a crazy difference. Poor Jensen. He looks so short. <laughs> he does. Oh, I mean, next to Jared. Anybody's going to look yeah. short, but... But yeah, no, I think it's just like the... the the light colors and the tucked in That pillow. must be what it is. You know, that makes his waist look a little higher. Yellow. Yeah. It's just. Because he looks huge. Even the, the whole time I was watching that scene when he kicks the door in and he walks through the door, I'm like, God, I'm surprised he didn't have to lower his head to right. like, get through the door. Like, Are you sure you don't want to tuck? Right. <laughs> so the guy, the IT guy is trapped under the shelving. The ghost, old man ghost guy has got like some electrical finger things going on. And he's about to lay his hands on the guy. Uh, Dean, well, the the ghost has tossed Dean and Sam across yes. the room in either direction. But so as he's about to lay electric hand on the IT guy trapped under the shelving, Dean picks up an iron wrench and swings it through the ghost and the ghost disappears. And they lift up the shelves and they get the guy out. Right. So now they're at Dean's house and Sam wants to, or Sam once or no i think it's before they leave sam asks how'd you do that or how'd you know to do that and he's like i don't don't know know. right 
Then they're back at Dean's house. Totally Sam like really freaking go for out. a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam could go for a beer. But Dean doesn't have any alcohol. He doesn't have any carbs in the house because he's on a cleanse. <laughs> you're the worst. Oh my god. You're, you're the such a douche. Worst. <laughs> um Hey, but they're both the really you know that ghosts are scared of wrenches. Ghosts are scared of wrenches. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> how did you how did you kicking in that door? <laughs> oh my god. Ask him what does he ask you if you're like a black belt or yeah. like, <laughs> Sam's like, I've never done that before in my life. Um so Sam feels like that they've done this before. Um And that's when Dean has and this is, I wrote this down as my cast moment, because he says, like, Shirley MacLaine before, and I don't right. get that reference. I, okay, I wrote it down, but let me find it. Um, uh, where is it? Okay. <laughs> I wish you guys could see it. So, <laughs> <She's looking through. laughs> he's referring to the actress Shirley MacLaine, who has a well-known belief in past lives. Oh, okay. So, so he's oh, he thinks Sam's implying that they're reincarnated, right? Exactly. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but Sam doesn't feel like he belongs. He feels he feels he like he doesn't like anything in his life. His name, his clothes, his job, the town that they're in. Um, he feels like he's he should be doing something else. Something in my blood. There's something in my blood. <laughs> like I was destined for something different. Right. Oh boy. Um. Okay. So they decide that they're going to actually try and figure out what's going on with right. the ghost. So, well, after Sam says all this, he's like, he asked Dean, "Don't you feel the same way?" And Dean's like, "No, I don't believe in destiny. I, but I do believe what's right in front of me." I do believe uh, dealing with what's right in front of me. And so Sam wants to know what they do now, which leads to another one of my favorites. <laughs> and Dean says, we do what I do best, Sammy. Research. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. I love it. And then Sam's like, did you just call me Sammy? Did I? I think, I think you, you did. did. Yeah. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Dean, Sorry. sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that. We're going to do what I do best, Sammy. Research. So they're researching. <laughs> and then Dean says, jackpot. <laughs> oh, my God. And so he's like, I found I found uh, real live ghost hunters. Like, they're legit. These guys are geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> so we go see what Dean's looking at on his computer. And lo and behold, it's the, it's ghost, the ghost Facers. facers. <laughs> I got so happy when I saw that. Oh my god. So they're, <laughs> they're watching the Ghost Facers, like a, a tutorial on how to kill ghosts. And uh, okay, so what is... Okay, so the first one is, find out what you're up against. <laughs> so then it cuts both to back to Sam and Dean. Finding out what they're up against. And we find out that it's P.T. Sandover. He died in 1916. He was a workaholic. No wife, no kids. And he apparently shows back up when there's some kind of economical crisis going on. Well, when the business is in danger. Right. And (laughs) the 
this is another one of my favorite lines, but I don't think I actually got to write it down. About he, Dean's like, yeah, it's really bad right now. My, por- my portfolio is in the sewer. sewer. I'm like, Dean has a portfolio. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> and Dean just, or Sam just like, kind of rolls yeah. his eyes off. Okay. Um. So then we go back to the ghost facers. Well, first we find oh. out because Sam finds out that this isn't the first time there's been suicides in this building. Oh, right. In 1929, during the big crash, there was 17 suicides in that building alone. Um, and it they find you know they determine that PT turns workers into perfect little worker bees um, during these hard times. Right. And uh, that 1444 used to be the top of the building because now it's much taller than it used to be. And that 1444 was his office. Yes. So now they know what they're up against. So we go back to the ghost facers and they say, now that you know what you're dealing with, you kill Kill it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now they're going to go into special ghost hunting weapons. And this is my favorite line. (laughs) One of the, like, many, 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 many. many. First, salt. It's like acid to us. Burning acid. acid. Not Not LSD. LSD. No, it's It's a a bad bad trip for ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) I had to pause this episode so many times. Not for note taking, but because I couldn't stop. I was like, I'm just missing all my notes. Because I can't stop laughing. So... And then there's then, a- <laughs> another of my favorites. And then more favorites. Next little trick. We learned this from those useless douchebags. Douche the Winchester. Not yet. Oh, not yet. Damn. Useless douchebags that we hate. Yes. The Winchesters. Gun. Shotgun shell. Pack it up with fresh rock salt. Very effective. But very, very effective. effective. Winchesters, Winchesters still, still suck ass, though. <laughs> Affirmative. Suckage major. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh Just my God. Sarah Gamble, you're brilliant. Okay? I love you. I love you. <laughs> so, um. <sighs> the boy. <laughs> then Sam and Dean are talking about how, how they're going to get, get a, a gun, gun and how impossible it's going to be. Where do you even get a gun from? A, a gun, gun store? Isn't there like a waiting period? <laughs> oh my god, I was dying. Ugh. Okay, and then <laughs> we go back to Ghostface. Oh, where is it? So <laughs> the next part's a little gross. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What do they say? The aforementioned Winchester douche nozzles also <laughs> taught us this one other thing. You have to burn the remains. This might. This next part might be kind of gross. You might have to dig up the body. This <laughs> is my favorite part. It's, it's illegal, illegal in some, some states. states. All, all states. states. Possibly all states. states. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. it's just pure brilliance. It is. Those two. I love those two. It's illegal in some states. All states. All states. Possibly, Possibly all, all states. states. <laughs> so. <sighs> We cut back to Sam and Dean, and they're doing more research. They find out that PT was actually cremated. Back to ghost facers. They say, <laughs> if your ghost was cremated, do not panic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Maybe you just have to find some other remains. Right. Anything genetic, basically. Um, then they, they sign off, fight well, young lions. <laughs> <sighs> we should have a sign off. We should. Fight <laughs> well, young lions. <laughs> See you next week. Um, we'll have to work on that. So Sam and Dean then go back to the office building and they're in 1444 checking for any type of remains that might be left behind. A security guard shows up and catches Sam rummaging through the desk and hauls him out. They get in the elevator. Elevator starts having a ghost attack. As I call it. (laughs) And it stops. So the security guard is able to pry the doors open and gets out, which... Every movie I've ever seen where this is a thing, I'm just like, no. Right. Yeah. I am not. Because the second I put my fucking head through the door, they're going to close. Right. I'm going to die a horrible, crushing death. And which is what I thought, too. But then I really thought about it. And I'm like, what if I was really stuck in an elevator and the dude opened the doors? I would totally go through. I think I would, too, eventually. But at first, I'd be like, this is how I die. (laughs) Just so I'm prepared. Yeah. This is it. This is it. And then if I get out, it's like a pleasant surprise. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, sweet. I live another day. I made it. And you have a good story. Never take the elevator ever again. Liar. You would. would You would. No. You would. Not if I almost died in one. But you didn't almost die. You got out just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there would be that moment of pure sheer terror. Right. But the thing is that you would make it and you're like, oh, it's not that bad. And so you'd get on (laughs) elevators again. Luckily, I don't knock on wood wherever you are um i we don't have any buildings here that would be tall enough to kill us if we were in an elevator well i mean i given the way this elevator kills that guy any elevator could do it but true yeah (laughs) i was stuck in an elevator once in colorado in a marriott yeah that sucks we were going down from our room and it just stuck and we were in there for like two hours Ugh. yeah and i tried to get my boyfriend at the time who i was with because we were there at first snowboarding I tried to get them to have sex with me in the elevator because they told us it's going to be about an hour before we can get you out because of the way it was like stuck. Right. Um, Because I guess we were like in between levels. Right. I don't even remember. But they told us because we were able to communicate with them with the thing. And I was like, we should have sex. (laughs) Like, this is an amazing opportunity. Right. Like, we can't pass this up. Was this Phil? Yeah. Oh, okay. And he would not. He wouldn't? He would not do it. He was like, there's probably cameras in here. And I was like, who so? fucking cares? <laughs> right? We don't we know don't these know. people. <laughs> We're never going to see them again. Right. Man, but that is a know. true missed opportunity. But it's an elevator right. that we that have access to in. for an hour. Right. <laughs> like, Put it in real quick. Come on. <laughs> I want an experience, <laughs> goddammit. No. No. So... I just, I haven't been able to check that one off the bucket list. That's a shame. It's too bad. That is a damn shame. It was handed over. And that is, yeah, that is a missed opportunity right there. Thank you. Okay, so <clears throat> the security guard crawls out and Sam is not about it at all. He's like, fuck He's like, that. We can just wait. Let's just wait. Because <laughs> the security guard tells him, last time this happened, it took two hours. And right. Sam's like, that's fine. Just wait. Let's just wait. <laughs> the guy crawls out. Totally fine. Uh, Sam won't come out. Goes back to Dean. And Dean has found a picture or or a clipping from a newspaper that has been framed 
of uh, building the dream, the Lincoln Memorial Bridge that uh, P.T. Sandover was a part of. And we don't know what this means yet, but we, we can it. tell it, right. it means something by the right. way he's looking at it. Um, go back to the security guard and Sam, and the security guard's like, look, I'm not wasting my night on you, and sticks his head back in to pull Sam out, and that's when... Everything suddenly starts working again. That's when it happens. The door slams shut, the elevator moves, and the guy gets severed in half. Yeah. And it's disgusting. And it Once again, all over Sam. Sarah Gamble. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I my notes even say, wow, that's gruesome, even for supernatural. <laughs> and yes, the blood does go all over Sam. So Dean asks Sam if he's okay via walkie-talkie. On the phone. And Sam says, Call you Call back. You back. <laughs> so we see then Sam has gotten out of the elevator and he's cleaning up. Dean has found something and he wants to meet Sam on 22. And Sam's like, yeah, take the stairs. <laughs> so we see that uh, Dean has found PT's gloves, put the two and two together with the newspaper clipping um, that are framed in the building and assumes that there must be some remains inside the gloves. I do like it when Sam walks up and Dean looks at him and goes, oh, that's a lot of blood. Yeah. <laughs> This is, mind you, after Sam has cleaned a lot of it off. <laughs> right. It's just like some splattered on his shirt. I'm like, really, Dean? That's a lot of blood. <laughs> um, so they break open the glass and P.T. Sandover shows up. Uh, he throws both of the guys uh, in either direction and then goes after Sam. Sam throws salt at him, making him disappear then shows up behind Dean, to which Sam throws him the iron yes. poker. And, and Dean totally catches it. Catches it and then immediately swings behind him, making the ghost disappear again. I love it, because at this point, they are having so much fun. Right. They keep looking at each other and smiling, and yeah. they're, like, so excited. And like, Dean sounds like, nice catch. And Dean, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> they are having a freaking blast. <laughs> so PT shows up and knocks him back again. Um... And, but this time he's going after Dean, who's been knocked out. The iron's been knocked away from him. He's kind of vulnerable. Sam, instead of going after the ghost, just picks up the gloves and burns them. So it makes PT disappear. Boom. And then he walks around the corner and says, that was amazing. (laughs) Dean says, right? (laughs) So they're talking again in the office. And Sam thinks that they should keep doing it. They could help a lot of people. Dean says, we could be ghost faces. Yeah, right. We'd be like the ghost facers. And Sam's like, no, really. Um, so Dean's like, well, we can't just quit our jobs, stay in hotels. Or what, what are, are we going to do? do How are we live? <laughs> Stolen credit or credit card fraud. He basically just describes, describes what life. they do. Living in seedy um, hotels, eating greasy food. Right. <laughs> and then he says one of my favorite lines. Yeah, which this is, is one of mine, too. <laughs> you don't want to go fighting ghosts without any health insurance. <laughs> I love it. Because he, he, he says all that stuff, which is basically their life. And Sam yes. goes, that's just 
that's all just the details. De- details are everything. <laughs> you don't want to go fight any ghosts without any health insurance. Details are everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sam confesses to Dean at this point that uh, Dean was actually in the dreams. He tells Dean that they were hunters together. They were, like, friends. More like brothers, actually. Sam thinks that their brains might have been scrambled even by that ghost and that this isn't actually their real life, that his dreams are. Dean tells him that he went to Stanford, that Bobby and Ellen are his parents, and Joe is his sister. Yes. And you're like, what the fuck? Aww. It's kind of cute. cute. Yeah. But Sam's like, well, when's the last time you talked to them? Because I moved here because I broke up with my fiance, Madison. Madison. Who actually died because she's a werewolf. But, because um, she had sex with Sam. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but when he tried to call her, he got an animal hospital. I was like, oh, oh really? That's just the worst. That's just really right? sad. Thanks again, Sarah. <laughs> um, so basically Sam is saying, you know, that they've been Their injected lives are with fake, fake memories. Right. And he knows in his gut that it's not real. And he knows, he knows Dean. And Dean is just not feeling it and tells him he doesn't know him. And I do want to say that this is an instance where I think Sam is oversharing. public service announcements um and anyway so dean's like you don't know me pal i think you need to go i like how they are so much characteristic of their normal selves yeah in that whole conversation like sam is just totally sam about it and i know it sounds stupid but dean is like totally dean about it right 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 even though we've seen how different they are you know from what their normal selves are they're Belief systems Dean's just kind of like shutting it down. Right. And Sam's And like, Sam's just kind of trying to push it a little uh-huh. too far, you know. So then we have them back at work the next day. Dean, or Sam's phone is just ringing, ringing, ringing. And finally he picks up the iron poker that he Wait, has he still with him. has. <laughs> and he smashes the shit out of his phone. Just a, what every call center employee has it dreamed ever of at least wanted once. to do. Yeah, it's just... Smashes the shit out of his phone and then looks up at everybody and says, I quit. quit. And leaves. Dean's boss shows up in his office and he wants to make sure that Dean is happy. He writes down the amount of a very generous bonus, which according to a tweet from Kurt Fuller, the guy who plays... I love Kurt Fuller. Zachariah. Yes. uh, Said that he, if he remembers correctly, it was for five... Yeah, 50000 Wow. Was a bonus. That's pretty generous. Yes. <laughs> um, the boss basically offers him this bonus and then tells continues, continues to tell him how high he can climb within the company if he keeps up the good work. Dean, however... It's an ter- awful pitch for a job. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. So he like gives him this Seven great bonus. Seven days a week. Seven days a week. Eight nose to, to the grindstone. In eight to ten years, you could be like a senior VP, like regional something. Oh, wow. I would have quit also. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how big the bonus is. That sounds terrible. Can I take this bonus? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to get my bonus. And I'll then- wait a week or whatever. And then you get my two Right. <laughs> um. So Dean basically tells him that he's going to be putting in his notice and he has other work he has to do. Um, and when the boss is like, what, another company? And he's like, no, this this is not who I am. Supposed, this is not who I'm supposed to be. 
The boss starts laughing and Dean's like, what the fuck? What's so funny? So he gets up and taps Dean's head, which is, well, he says, Dean, 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 Dean finally. finally. And then gets up and taps And he leans over head, and taps Dean's forehead. Which is another one of my favorite lines. And Dean says, what the hell? Why am I, I just high? <laughs> like, God, am I hungry? <laughs> and then he says, did I get touched by it? You're an angel, aren't you? <laughs> yes. I do love how much of the color drains out of the scene when Zechariah touches Dean. It was just a total like, oh, I never even noticed how much more colorful it was than a normal yep. supernatural episode. Yeah. They do they have a filter, which I so I have a a, a note about that actually. Okay. Um And we learned that this is the angel Zechariah. Yes. Who's Cass's superior. Um and he's here to make sure he has all his ducks in a row. And Dean's like, I'm not your duck. Um, but he thinks, he's like, oh, this was, so this was all just a, a trick. Uh, you know, your plan's very clever. And he says, you should see my decoupage. <laughs> and Dean, gross. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't think Dean knows what decoupage is. No. <laughs> so he said that they were doing it to prove that they were hunters, that this is their path. Is it? Zach says that they'll do everything that they're destined to do. To do, and he says, "I know, I know. You're not strong enough. You're scared. You got daddy issues. You can't do it, right?" <laughs> and this is a favorite line of mine. Dean says, "Angel or not, I will stab you in the face." <laughs> I just love how like monotone, like st- like straight yeah. face that yeah. line is delivered. It was so yeah. great. Um. Yeah. There's so, another part in that interaction. Now I can't remember where it was because I didn't write it down, but I just thought of it when he's talking about, there. oh, there are worse lives than this, is what Zachary is telling him. Right. You could have this, or you could be, you know, the Dean Winchester that you are, and you'd get to, oh, he says something else, but he says fornicate with women. Yeah, <laughs> and so I have it right here because it's, oh, okay. it's one of my, I, I circled it because it's my favorite moment. Oh, okay. Instead of just my favorite line. One of, I have two of them. Um, okay, so... All I'm saying is how you look at it. Most folks live and die without moving anything more than the dirt it takes to bury them. You get to change things, save people, maybe even the world. All while you drive a classic car and fornicate with women. <laughs> this isn't a curse. It's a gift. So for God's sake, Dean, quit whining about it. Look around. There are plenty of fates worse than yours. So are you with me? You want to go steam yourself another latte? Or are you ready to stand up and be who you really are? And then it ends. But I just... Love that whole dialogue. I also like it because Dean's got his back to him. And so we're watching Zachariah deliver it over Dean's shoulder while Dean faces the camera. And right. the part when he says, you get to drive a classic car and fornicate with women, Dean kind of shrugs off. Oh, that's, yeah, right. that's pretty nice. And then when he says the latte bit, he like, he's like, fuck you. Oh, fuck you. Right? <laughs> yeah. So you just get to watch. Because, of course, Jensen, the master of facial expressions, is the perfect for that right, type of exactly. So, so you wonder, you wonder, you want to know what I always wonder about the end of that episode is where did Sam go? You know what I mean? Like Dean wakes up from it. What happened to Sam? Like, did somebody go explain to Sam what was happening? Well, I'm wondering if Sam wasn't, so I'm wondering if Sam wasn't awoken from it yet, if they each had to be touched to oh, come out right. of it or 
Because obviously it was both them individually in it. Right. It wasn't like, this is just Dean's dream. Oh, no. Yeah, they were so, both in it. Um, I'm, I was just wondering, does he have to go do that to Sam now? That's a good, that's a good point. Back, or? That's a good point. That might be what it is. Because that just always ended with Sam just kind of, whew, like, right. you never really he know. He quits and he leaves and that's the building. It. And right, but we don't ever know what happened to him. Like, we know what happens right. with Dean, but we don't know what happens with Sam. My question was, does he just, like, was there someone there explaining to him what had happened? Like, what we have with Sam? Or does Sam just wake up in a motel, totally lost about where he's been and why he's in this hotel? <laughs> I would imagine that he got the same treatment that... He got touched by an angel. Dean did, yeah. In order to come back from it. The Winchesters always get touched by angels, and they don't even <laughs> want to be touched by angels. <laughs> Not fair. <laughs> Um, do you have any, t- I have haunted skyscrapers. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cause I wanted to at least talk about monsters. I haven't gotten to talk about a monster for a while. So the first ever documented haunted skyscraper is called Sunshine 60. It's in Tokyo, Japan. Um, That's not surprising. Right. <laughs> Man, the Japanese love supernatural. Not the show, just the concept. <laughs> Um, I mean, they probably like the show too. But part of uh, the Sunshine City is part of what's called Sunshine City, which was J- uh, Japan's first city in the city concept. Um, basically, it's four gigantic buildings, but it has everything in it to be like its own separate city. Okay. So there's the big office building, which is Sunshine City. There's a hotel, a shopping mall, a bunch of restaurants, a sports facility, a movie theater. There's an aquarium, a planetarium, a theme park, salons, daycares, nurseries, post office, like. Jeez. All in this four-building little area. Sounds pretty cool. I kind of want to go. Um, at the time it was completed, it was the tallest skyscraper in Japan, and it was built between 1973 and 1978. Um, there are rumors of a lot of freak accidents and apparitions being seen during construction, but I wasn't able to find any actual documentation of any of that. Um, Sunshine City is built at the same site as one of Japan's most infamous uh prisoner of war camps okay sugamu prison it was that prison was originally constructed in 1895 uh in 1930s it was used to house political prisoners like dissenters communists allied spies during world war one and and world war two um and on that site there were seven executions of inmates by hanging uh the prison was shut down in 1962 and demolition began in 1971 so like very shortly oh wow after it was shut down um so the city planners kind of knew that the prison would give the whole place a very dark kind of ominous right feeling so that's why they named it sunshine city to make it happy <laughs> <laughs> um but there are a lot of reports of activity in the sunshine 60 building there's uh, maintenance workers that are left there cleaning the halls and things at the mall after everybody's left to see the dark shadows moving around. They hear laughter and whispers and screams, and they've also reported they hear chanting, which that creeps me the fuck out. Mm. There's also a report, one of the very common things that is reported is the sound of something scraping across the floor. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> but there's also a lot of reports of poltergeist activity. Um the gates that they use to slide over the doors or the slide over the shops when they close, right. those will be shaking a lot on their own. Um, even during business hours, 
customers that are there say that they feel sudden cold flashes. Um, they are tripping over things when there's nothing there. Um, they say that they feel being tapped on the shoulder or somebody whispering in their ear when there's nobody around them. Um, and they also say they see faces and apparitions in windows and mirrors, like when they're trying on clothes. That's not okay. <laughs> and um, even some reports of things being hurled off of shelves or when shop workers come in to open up shop, their stock on the shelves has been completely rearranged or just thrown on the ground. That would be really annoying. Right? <laughs> oh, guys, come on. That's your typical poltergeist. <laughs> but yeah, and these reports are numerous and they continue all the way up until today. Wow. Yeah, one of the most haunted places. All right then. Yeah, so I would like to go there. <laughs> That'd be fun. It's a far trip for a Well, I've always wanted to go to Japan in general. Me too, like me Tokyo too. looks I awesome. Just, I need to have some wicked sleep assistance because i hate flying and i can't imagine being on a plane for that long oh we'll just get you some xanax you'll be fine yeah i'll need something you 100 yes. percent. i have a problem flying for three hours like i think that's long too long <laughs> so. but yeah I, I really liked that because apparently haunted skyscrapers are actually quite rare this is one of like maybe i think three i was able to find oh wow there'd probably be more buildings in general are just so i haven't you know the office building i work in it's not Mm -hmm. a skyscraper by any means it's one story (laughs) um so but it's pretty large right and this whole week um everybody's been gone because christmas week everybody took the week off so it's me and like a handful of the techs are left but because we're not doing a whole lot of work because of the grounds are frozen there's snow rained whatever right so the guys are leaving early so i'm at work for at least four hours by myself oh fuck that and you know when they when all the guys leave i make sure that they lock up the back and close the gate turn all the lights off and then i go and i turn the lights off in the whole rest of the building except for like my section because that way when i'm ready to leave i can just leave that's horrifying but there's just noises that are happening and well yeah (laughs) it's going on and i'm like what was that what was that noise somebody there who that? I would, yeah. oh my God. I keep, like, I'll do you get keep... up throughout the day and I'll, like, walk around. I'll. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll go back. Because my cubicle is way in the back in the corner. Oh, Jesus. Because I'm Christ. up against the lab because I have to be next to my techs. Oh, my God. And the God. lab's in the back. So, yeah. It do you at least sucked. have, like, music playing or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, okay. I have Spotify on throughout the whole day. But, like, today, because it was so dead, I just put on Netflix. And I was, like, oh, yeah. the last, like, two hours of work, I was just sitting at my desk watching, watching Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> Waiting wow. for Frank and Logan to show up with the f- new phones. So. Well, fuck that. Yeah. No, it's been it's been rough. Luckily, I'm off on Friday, so tomorrow's my last day. Oh, thank of God. the week where there's, like, nothing, nothing happening. <laughs> So I won't feel, you know, like so terrified all the time, right? <laughs> I don't know if you saw my post on Facebook or even on Twitter the other day when I was like, I think I've seen too many horror movies. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just every little noise. I'm like, what was that? And because it's in a very industrial part of town, there's still oh, other yeah. buildings going. Yeah, or, uh, buildings going. <laughs> work going in the building. And we have like a, 
I don't know what they do, but they deal with a lot of materials next to us, like big iron, and they're just slamming the shit down all the time. Oh, Jesus. So every now and then I'll just hear this bay like, boom! And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Stop it! (laughs) You should be off! Wow. Wow. Anyway. Um... My favorite song was A Well-Respected Man by The Kings. Well, yes. How could it not be? you also have stated as the opening song. Yes. Um, body count this is four. So we have the two dudes that commit suicide. The security guard. The security guard. And then PT, PT. I guess. yeah. Goes to this time counts. Um... We totally recounted our lines. Yeah. Pretty well, my favorite one, if I had to pick one, though, is the first time they're talking in the elevator and Sam just says vampires. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but the way he says that, just it's it's just too much. It's really good. I love it. My favorite scene is the second time they're in the elevator talking to each other. Okay. The whole thing's hilarious. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. I have a lot of really favorite scenes. Um. But the ones that I picked specifically, the two are, is uh, Zachariah's monologue. Yes. A little short monologue. And then the scene when they're fighting PT mm-hmm. because they're just so in sync and yeah. they're having so much fun. And yeah. they're like, these are the brothers that we know. Yeah. But they don't know that they're the brothers. So it's really cool to see how they're working together yeah. without knowing that totally. they work this well together normally. Um. They might have even worked even better together at that moment because there's none of that, like, just <laughs> tension animosity, between them, right? Just all this yeah, other crap totally. around them. Totally. They just think this is, like, this cool thing to do. Right? <laughs> like the ghost phasers. So, Dean's outfit, his complete with the white collar, blue shirt, pattern suspenders, love that outfit. is um, one of the many references made to. Uh, Bill Lumberg from Office Space. Oh my god. That's what <laughs> totally he wears. is. Yeah. Dean looks so great in it. He really Oh does. my god. He cleans up real nice. Very nice. <laughs> Not that he doesn't look good. Let's just be up, fair. He but... looks good always. But yeah, it was very nice to see him a little decked out. Yeah. I was okay with it. I think we all were. So the company name Sandover is likely a reference to the changing light at Sandover an occult-focused epic poem by James Merrill in which he claims to communicate with angels and spirits. Oh, there you go. Um, Zachariah's alias in this episode, Mr. Adler, may be a reference to Steve Adler of the rock band Guns N' Roses. I could see that. Um... Sam's co-worker, Ian Johnston's surnames may be a reference to the machine gun, continuing the theme. Oh, that's a machine gun? Mm-hmm. Apparently. All right. Um, the security guard's death by elevator recalls a similar fatality at the beginning of the first Resident Evil film. Hmm. By an angel line was good. This episode is the third episode in Supernatural that portrays the boys in an alternate universe, which we already talked about. Yes. Um, Also, the color filter that usually darkens the picture and makes every Supernatural episode a bit grainier and bleak looking isn't used for most of the episode, but it comes back just when Zachariah touches Dean's forehead and reawakens his memory. 
This effect is used throughout the series, including during the transitions and what is and what should never be. Yep. That one, it's like... Very obvious. Super. Yeah. Yeah. Just those colors were vibrant right. and vivid as fuck. Yeah. The, I think the colors were even a little overdone intentionally in that one. Yeah. This one, I never were. picked up on it until Zachary until woke him up. back. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, oh, Same wow. Like, that was really... That was really bleak. Do my TV just dim? <laughs> right. <laughs> like... Oh. And then I'm like, this is what it always looks like. So some of the uh, differing things from, from uh, Dean to his usual self is he drives a Prius hybrid with Ohio plates. He listens to NPR. He's the director of sales and marketing. He watches Project Runway. I highlighted that one because I knew how much you would like that. Because <laughs> I was like, I love oh my god, Project all he does is watch Supernatural and Project Runway. And now <laughs> Dean is watching Project, Project Runway. It was so exciting. <laughs> um, he eats a salad for lunch. Yes. He has no beer in his home. And he puts rice milk in his coffee. Yeah, I like rice milk. <laughs> yeah, but it's Dean. I know. I like I salads. actually use almond milk, but whatever. Um, let's see. Oh, many of the name plaques in the tech support cubicles are actual members of the queue. Uh, there's George Newman, Tim Dangley, Terry Essel. I don't. I'm going to fuck this up. Spell it. E-W-A-S-I-U-K. E-W-A-S-I-U-K. Yeah. No, nope, not going to say it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and Lewis Holes. Um, oh, the Ghost Facers instructional video can be found on YouTube. Yay! I need so to go watch if it. You, if you want to know how to hunt some ghosts. Um... <laughs> Oh, and they say that the attack on Sam's phone is supposed to be uh, resembling the attack that Dean has onto his Apollo, and everybody loves a clown. Huh. Um, that seems a bit of a stretch. It is. 50000 was a bonus. Um, John Hainsworth, the guy who played P.T. Sandover, also played a sick elderly man that gets healed by royally grange and oh faith. in faith okay okay i have an interview with um oh my gosh i forgot his name aj aj buckley okay who plays ed zedmore which is ed zedmore the ghost facer the oh okay okay skinnier one i right. guess um the one with the scruffy beard, right? Mm-hmm. So, no. I don't... Yes, sorry. Yes, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. So, they were interviewing him about CSI as well as this. Okay. So, this was <clears throat> second. So, turning to your side gig, how did the ghost facers figure into this week's episode of Supernatural, seeing as how Sam and Dean are living in these sort of alternate lives? Buckley says, it's because the ghost facers are the real deal. The tour guides of the spirit world. Then he laughs and says, no. It actually is really nice how they bring it together. Dean and Sam are sort of lost. When in doubt, who do you call? You lean on Ed and Harry, the two most reliable ghost hunters in all of ghost hunterdom. <laughs> is it up to you to bring Sam and Dean back to reality? 
And he says, I wouldn't say it's up to us. We're basically the goofy version of a shaman. We're there for what we think are the right reasons, but Ed and Harry and Sam and Dean never see eye to eye. We asked TV's actual ghost hunters about you, and they are definitely fans. Buckley, are they really? Before we shoot Supernatural, we'll watch their shows. Paranormal State and Ghost Hunters are the shows we watch. This episode was written by Sarah Gamble versus Ben Edlund, who penned the Ghost Facers debut. Did that give it any different... Did it give it any different of a feel since Sarah doesn't usually do Supernatural's like Supernatural's lighter episodes? And he says... The great thing about what Kripke allows the ghost faces to do is they'll always always write a great setup for us, and then we get to play. Sarah wrote really great stuff for us, and then the director let us add ghost facer flavor to that by riffing and improvising. Phil Segria, who directed the ghost facers video within the episode, <laughs> was crying with laughter so loudly that it ruined the scene. <laughs> That's awesome. Which I thought was kind of funny. That's awesome. So. We went lines. We did moments. We, we did, did music. I think we got it. Yeah. That's it. Two absolutely fantastic episodes. Yeah. T- polar opposites. Yeah. Real. <laughs> like, I mean, they, they definitely needed to give us something to, to, to lighten breathe up. a bit. Yeah. <laughs> after, after. Touched by an angel is a yeah. little rough. Yeah. Whew. Oh boy. All, all right. right. So if you guys aren't there, please check out the website. You can see all of our episodes there um, and some other cool little things and eventually pictures and videos. Um, we keep promising that and yeah. then not delivering. I know. But people. after the Supernatural Convention in Vegas in February, we'll have a lot of material to share. So oh, yeah. I think we'll have more stuff then. Yeah. And our we could put our pictures, our photo ops up there. Oh, hell yeah. So, because, I mean, we have to. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, anyway, website, thewaywardfans.com. Check it out. And, uh. Email us. Yeah. You can also, <laughs> I was like, what else do I usually say? I'm trying, I don't do Twitter or Facebook. Anyway, um, you can also email us, waywardfans at gmail.com. Uh, let us know your thoughts, feelings, concerns, ideas, whatever. Just, you know, if you want to just say hi, that's fine too. Yes. Or you go, oh, we really like it. Yes, we do. We like you guys a lot. Um, or you could follow us on Twitter at waywardfans underscore SPN. We will update you with all of our new episodes and silly little things that we find uh, on the internet. And same as on Facebook, facebook.com slash waywardfans. Uh, again, you can get updates on all of our episodes and cool little, well, I mean, let's just be honest. It's mostly memes. <laughs> But memes are freaking like awesome. Memes? Right. So um, check us out. And then please, please, please go to iTunes and give us a review. Yes. Rate us. Yes. Review us. Let us and, know how we're doing. Yes. And be genuine. You're not going to hurt our feelings. No. I mean, we might stop speaking to you, but. <laughs> <laughs> we are no longer speaking to at XYZ. <laughs> you have been warned. <laughs> But really, we don't know how we're doing unless you guys tell us. And we would love to hear your thoughts. Yes. Anyways, we know this has been a super long one. Thank you guys for for hanging out and listening. We love you guys. Talk at you next week. Bye. He's a well-respected man about town.